Welcome to the Divorce Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Carolee Fontanelli, and I am a divorce lawyer and author and have been through divorce myself. I'm here to support you throughout your breakup journey. On this podcast, I will share with you my secrets and legal tips on how you can thrive through your separation in small six-minute increments. Don't do it alone. I have got you. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for joining us again on the Divorce Collective podcast. You're listening to Danielle Young, Senior Associate here at Collective Family Law Group. So last week I talked to you about the benefits of formalising your property settlement matters. One of the ways that you can do that is entering into a binding financial agreement, or a BFA for short, after the relationship breaks down. While a lot of times we use consent orders for that, There are some matters where a BFA following separation might be appropriate. One example might be that the parties have agreed that despite their contributions to the relationship and what they might receive if the division was being considered by a court, that they might want to decide to contract out of their entitlements or receive a lesser entitlement that they otherwise might have gotten. This is a dangerous and complicated position to be in and it's always should be carefully considered with specialised family law advice. Another circumstance is where we might settle property settlement by way of a BFA rather than a consent order is where we might be including spousal maintenance in a settlement agreement or usually when we're protecting our clients from such claims in the future and contracting out of that spousal maintenance. So while BFAs can be entered post-separation as a way to formalise your property division and, if relevant, spousal maintenance agreement, they can also be entered before a marriage or a de facto relationship or even during one. The Americans call those before marriage um, agreements, prenups. Um, Here, a binding financial agreement will cover all agreements either before a marriage or before a de de facto relationship. Um, in contemplation of marriage, um, during a marriage, during a de facto relationship, and then, of course, after separation or after a divorce. So you can can enter into that BFA um, at a couple of different stages during your relationship. You might, why? Why would you do that? Well, it's to set out at the onset of a relationship how the finances are going to be dealt with during the course of that relationship. And while I hope that you never, ever, ever need to rely on the BFA and your relationship goes the distance, the statistic tells us that not everyone is lucky in love and stay together for their lifetimes. So why would you enter a BFA before your relationship even starts or or after it started? The biggest reason is asset protection. Think of those couples who might be on their second marriage, for example. They would, of course, want to make sure that what they managed to retain in their first relationship, in their first marriage, is not then lost in that second relationship. They might be thinking of not only protecting their assets, but they're also very aware of the financial and emotional burden that negotiating property settlement matters post-separation can have on them So they want to enter into a BFA to avoid going through that all over again. BFAs are also a very considered approach to asset protection for those people with high worth assets that are bringing them into the marriage or the relationship or even 
um, clients where they're members of a family with a high worth and they want a way of ensuring that inheritances or benefits from that family um, receive destruction or quarantine and protected. <clears throat> Excuse me. But you don't necessarily have to be as wealthy as a Kardashian to enter into a BFA. A lot of people like the thought of entering into a BFA at the onset of their relationship because it provides them with certainty, security and finality in knowing that in the event their relationship doesn't make it, they've already agreed on the division of assets and finances. Not to mention they did that agreement at a time where they actually loved each other, which is vastly different to what opinion they might have of each other at the demise of their relationship sometime in the future. Okay, so there are formalities that a BFA has to have to be binding. You cannot do it without a lawyer. The agreement must um, have a few things. They are things like um, these. They're not not limited to these things. But, for example, they have to be in writing. They have to be signed by both of the parties. They have to include a statement that each party has had independent legal advice before entering into that agreement about a range of things. Um, That legal advice has to... um, you know, set out the advantages, the disadvantages for the particular parties of entering into that agreement. There's a whole, like I say, there's a, there's a list of things that legal practitioners will have to check off on in those advices. Before signing it, that statement of um, legal advice from the legal practitioner is given to each party um, or the other party. They're not to be made under duress they um, have to be entered into following transparency about each party's financial position and assets, et cetera, and include a separation declaration in some circumstances. Like I said, that list is not exhaustive. If entering before or during a relationship, you want the BFA to include separately owned assets of each party, any jointly owned assets of the parties, whether there's an intention to have children, If it's a de facto um, or a cohab, you know, you're going to need advices about what you need to do if then you marry after that. You want details about income to be included in the BFA and details about how you want the finances to be handled during the relationship. For example, will they be kept separate and one party will pay for everything? Or is there an intention to have or acquire joint property? And if so, how is that joint property going to be dealt with is it going to be dealt separately, uh, sorry, differently than that separate property? Um, and, of course, it has to have how the parties wish for their assets, liabilities and superannuation interests to be divided if separation occurs. Like I've mentioned, BFAs are a special area of law and they can be quite technical and sometimes um, and often very complicated. It is imperative that you secure qualified legal representation to draft your BFA and provide you with the necessary advices. They're not always ironclad and there's some circumstances where BFAs can be overturned. You want to avoid being, there being loopholes. You want to avoid as far as possible anything that might give rise to the BFA being set aside. And there are certain um, things that a um, BFA can be set aside for, like duress or failing to disclose a significant asset and those sorts of things. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is if you're considering entering into a BFA or if your new partner has raised it with you, then you need to get some tailored advices about your circumstances. It might be that it's not in your interest to enter into the BFA 
or it might be that you don't need a BFA if it's after separation. You can do consent orders, for example. But come in and speak to one of our lawyers for tailored advices about this complex area of law um, if it's something that you think might affect you. Thanks for tuning in. Nice quick one for me today. Um, we would love for you to tune in next time on the Divorce Collective podcast and have a listen to what's coming out next. Thank you for listening to the Divorce Collective podcast brought to you by collectivefamilylaw.com.au. If you got value from this week's episode, I would love it if you would hit subscribe and take a minute to leave a review. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook just by searching for Collective Family Law. And remember, until next time, you have got this.